Hello and welcome to another episode of This Is Hate CD. My name is Jerry Scullion and I am your host and I'm based in the wonderful city of Dublin, Ireland and offer training to organisations in service design, user experience design and design research and also work one-on-one with change makers, probably like yourself, from all over the world with my 12-week coaching programme that I offer through this podcast. So if you're interested in learning more, just visit thisishcd.com and set up a chemistry call with me. Now today in the show, we have an old friend returning for a chat, and that is Christoph Zern. Now Christoph appeared on the podcast a number of years ago, but has since then produced his book, The Power of Music Thinking, that has been published on BIS Publishers. But in this episode, we speak more about the jam cards. These are the jam cards here. And it's an interactive and meaningful way to collaborate more effectively with yourself or with teams. And we actually demo these cards in the episode. So if you're listening to this episode, you can check out the episode on YouTube and follow along. Christoph is absolutely awesome and I'm excited to share this one with you. So let's jump straight in. But listen, Christoph, it's great to have you back in the podcast. Um, for our listeners, we interviewed Christoph um, probably a year, maybe a year and a half ago. I don't know when it was. Um, and at that time, we were talking about music thinking and you were in the, the depths of recording. This isn't an overlay, folks. That there is actually the book, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, it's The Power of Music Thinking, which was published on BIS Publishers, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, right. BIS, they sent me this. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. They did a really great job in the in the production of it. Um, it sits really nicely on my shelf behind me here. Um, and um, we're going to be talking a little bit more around that. But also I want to talk uh, probably a little bit more in focus around this one here, is around the jam cards. Now I've got a, a series of cards in my... I've got a couple of decks in my, in my workshop kit. But... Um, Maybe we'll just kick off and we'll start asking questions around that in a minute. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, Christoph, where you're from and what, what you do. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Um, yeah, where to start? Um, Christoph, Christoph Zern. I'm a freelancer since 13 years on service design and design thinking before I was creative director or chief design officer in uh, organizations uh, in the Netherlands, I have to say. I'm originally from Germany, so I'm I'm speaking Dutch, English, and German, and sometimes nice. all the three in one sentence. So, <laughs> <laughs> like me, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my my focus is on one way on creativity, or I have to say on co-creativity. Uh, so, how can mm. people work together? That's something that's really interested me very long, and. Being a musician and a musicologist, so I studied musicology in the 90s or the 80s and 90s. So knowing everything about music and later went into digital um, uh, productions like CD-ROMs and online uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. That had the chance to interview uh, the most famous people in classical music and jazz. And at the very end, I came up with something that I thought, hmm, when people talk about music, yeah. Or they or when people work together, they always use musical um, terms like let's yeah. jam about this or pull all the plugs and all this stuff. Or so said, we don't miss a beat. Right. Or don't miss a beat. So yeah. I, I came up with that idea to collect all my thinking. And primarily it's like on co-creation, let's call it service design and organizational change. So meaning yeah. how can people be creative 
how what's the use of it so who who shall yeah. who shall use it or who shall benefit it and how do we have to reorganize ourselves to do it and yeah. this is actually in the in in the core of um, of music thinking and the first thing um i started was the framework what i called the first the music thinking framework nowadays mm -hmm. i call it call it the dynamic strategies framework and yeah. that was really the start so this was for me okay um, i'm also a designer Something in this let's make it graphical and let's yeah. see how how this works and this is jepsar isn't it what you were like uh, i'm trying to come up with a nice acronym for um, jam and empathy, personality, score, agility, and remix. Right. Um, so. I should give a big shout out to Mark Stickdorn, who who connected myself and Christoph a couple of years ago. Um, and I remember on the first podcast, um, I was meant to be going to Hungary to do a talk at Doer's conference. This is pr just pre-pandemic pre and Mark was going to be there as well. And uh, he was like, what are you going to do your, your keynote on? I said, I'm actually going to do it on how I see music and design being the same thing. And he was like, you know, somebody else is talking about that, don't you? Like, yeah. uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, who? And he's like, his name is Christoph Cern. You should definitely call him and have a conversation because you're talking about the same stuff and he's been talking about it for a while. And that's kind of how this, this um, you know, initially guest relationship and now, now a friendship blossomed from that whole kind of introduction to it. It's all done thanks to Mark. But we also share things to each other on WhatsApp whenever we find interesting sounds or guitar pedals or yes. um, just devices that kind of go, wow, what's going on there? Um, where does this come from? You mentioned way back that you, you, were, uh, you play music. So how long have you been playing music? Hmm, I don't know, maybe when I was... Yeah, when I was 11, I had my first guitar lesson and it was Took my last. guitar. And what well, it was my first and my last. So I went there in school with my guitar yeah. and there was a teacher telling everybody to that these guys on television with the long hairs, that this is not music. And then I thought, okay, thank you. So that I don't have to be here. <laughs> so you, did you self-learn then? Yeah, yeah. You, you I, I self-learned everything. With, with, and the same goes for all the digital tools I'm using. So I never yeah. went to school. What we, what, what I started doing, you couldn't learn at the university and music. Sure. I just learned from all the instruments from doing. And then mm -hmm. later I'm, I'm, I, I went to, let's say master classes or you, you get lessons much later, but then I already knew how the instruments the habits are formed. I want to ask you something about that because I've done a lot of deep thinking on that whole kind of mindset. I was around the same age when I started learning. I learned piano from the age of five and it oh. was through structured learning. So I went to lessons, hated it, hated it. Being sat there with a, a stick kind of like tapping your fingers when you were hitting the wrong notes and stuff versus learning and getting a guitar at 12 or 13 and figuring it out myself two different approaches, two different kind of um, frameworks, I guess, for learning. But the one that I'm still doing to this day is playing the guitar. What do you think it is about music at a young age where you you kind of have to foster the, 
the skill yourself. Well, what are the benefits in that? Like, you know, what, what did you learn as a child self-teaching yourself an instrument? You know, the first thing might be just listen, because before mm. you can play something, you have to listen to how it should sound. And then yeah. the second part comes, listen again, because then you have to listen to how it sounds when you make that kind mm. of sound. And the third one is if you record it and then listen again from a distance, then you can learn, oh, that's how it really sounds. So yeah. not just holding your your instrument. And I think these three times listening is a very cool. Listening is a really that's good a cool one. Way. But it's also the um, the repeated failure. You know, like you're you're trying and trying and trying and that whole kind of resilience that I think a lot of people kind of glaze over when you're learning an instrument like that's a really steep learning curve and I see a lot of similarities between people getting into design and people as innovators or change makers it's not a a simple case of picking up an instrument looking at YouTube videos and then getting on stage it's a long road and I think a lot of the the sort of the resilience that's fostered learning instruments you can carry that forward into lots of other stuff so you mentioned there about learning dutch you speak german speak english how do they all come about i wonder was it the same sort of resilience that was fostered around that time as well oh i really you know my my grandmother she went in the in the 1920s before she married my grandfather she wanted to yeah, get them, um, make their own experiences and, and earn their own money. And she went to Indianapolis. So from ah. a little village in Germany, she just went there and worked as a maid, I think for two years. And she was the one, when we went to bed, she sang us songs. And I, mm. I, I often tell the same story. It's like, she, she as kids, which you just hear what you know and by the way yeah. if you're older you also hear what you know so she was singing us a song i don't know some kind of gospel like i'm coming and we thought oh it's ein Kamin, meaning it's a chimney ah chimney so we had something <laughs> different in, in our brain in your heads and, and and from time to time and my grandmother she was also the let's say the spiritual um yeah spirit guide yeah, in, in the in the family. And so there was talks, and so you could learn a lot from her. So so that yeah. was, let's say, an easy. Say. And it didn't feel like learning. It just felt like like doing something. So there many different things came together. And I'm mm. from a very small village, like at that time it was 2,000 inhabitants, and yeah. now it might be eight. So it's, <laughs> it's wow. a still small village. <laughs> and, and there was also a lot of, sounds outside like the birds mm. and the nature and my parents had a joinery and i loved the sounds of wood of woodworking and all mm. these long drones of uh, uh, of these machines and that was really something that yeah i would say that's my was my first soundscape yeah. in in listening everything that's around us and as an analogy that's yeah literally i'm using now again that before i go to to a client that just say okay just try to first listen and see what's already there 
before we create something new. Yeah, I mean, the whole kind of playfulness is what I'm hearing is coming through on that. And like, I know you at this stage and I know that you're not the sort of person who's, you know, going to trivialize the importance of play um, because it's part of the, I guess, the mindset of most musicians I know whenever we we play together it's it's not a case of like we start at one o'clock and we all have to be sitting down on our chairs it's much more about a social connection about figuring out together and that's that's sort of how i see design in a sense that like you, you build your best team that you possibly have and you're in it together and something is going to happen, either a gig or recording or something is on the horizon. And you need to work together to get to that point. It's not one person is going to, you know, make the recording or one person is going to make the gig even better than it was. It's, it is about the sum of all your parts. Um, but what about the playfulness side of things when you were developing jam cards? Um, there must have been times where you felt like you were going around in circles because like, you were on your own doing this. So you weren't really part of a band in that sense. How did you handle that? Yes, I must say I had a duo partner, which Ooh. is my, <laughs> which is my daughter. Oh, okay, and, very good. And she's also service designer now. So that's, I don't know yeah. how this came into life. Now I am struggling <laughs> folks to see um, your daughter's name mentioned anywhere on the book or the jam cards. So uh, we could have a potential legal case about to unfold for Christoph. What's your daughter's name? Xenia with an X. Ah, very cool. So what did that mean? Like you had Xenia to help you create. How, was this something you did at home or was this something that you fostered um, on projects? You know, Xenia helped me with the production of it. Okay, nice. And with them realizing it and really making it and asking questions where I thought, yeah, but that's not the problem. So mm. it was more like um, like a mirror. And by the way, um, I did with Xenia also um, three times at the Design Thinkers Conference. We did three times uh, workshops. And at the last one with the whole with the whole uh, with the whole conference of 150 people. So she's yeah, uh, also in the picture. I heard about this. So um, I've just opened up the uh, the card pack, okay? Now, the book is probably a little bit easier to explain. It is the kind of story and it's the method of the power of music thinking. But the jam cards kind of sits alongside this. Is this correct? Yeah. You know, the, the jam cards were first. We were second. So what I said, yeah. the, the framework was first. That's my thinking. That's also in the book yeah. if you open the book. Uh, at the beginning, the, the music thinking framework or dynamic strategies, that's in the beginning. And it's also here. in the jam cards. Right. In this piece here. And if you want to have a more detailed view, you can download it for free from <laughs> yeah. the musicthinking.com website. You have a look. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, that's the easy part. But then a lot of people said, hey, that music thinking, that's interesting. Mm. Don't you want to write a book about it? No. Yeah. Uh, a, a book? I'm not a writer. Um, yeah. I would rather create something new so that people, you know, if the idea is co-creation, so that mm -hmm. people can do something with it instead of just reading it. And so I came up with, let's say, pictures that I collected over the years or um, uh, and, and different ideas um, 
uh, yeah, I came up with, um, with the, or maybe that's good to mention these questions. So these trigger questions, mm -hmm. um, the, the, that was the idea of Xenia. That's, uh, that, that's, that, that's her thing. So I thought, oh, why do we, we would you need this? And then later mm -hmm, it yeah, get, get into it. So I mean, what is your style? Are you like pop or rock or R and B or? Yeah. For, yeah. Musical no, genre. It's like very open, but that's a very good question, Jerry, because when I use them, it's not about music. That's boring. It's mm. about where people are want to use it for. So I, I didn't make it for, 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 so that you talk about music, but I give you an, a language that you can yeah. use and do the analogy with your, with your organization. So I've, sure. in, in the book, there's one, what's your song style service? That's a, one of the cards to try to, to understand, okay, what, what are we doing? What is our mm. song as a company? And what then is our style? Could the style change? Or, and what, by the way, what's our service? Is this a record, a concert, a phone, whatever. So there's, that's later in the book. But with the cards, okay. I just wanted to make small units that you could mix together. And as an extra, um, uh, the, the Spotify codes. Yeah, I did see this. Like, so you can scan them right from the, from the screen as well. So if, if someone someone's watching this on YouTube, they can, they can do that. So let's look at it from a context. So you are somebody who is about to run a workshop either for an organization or you're in an organization and you're going to be running a workshop as part of, you know, a discovery of how to improve your service that you're delivering to people. They buy these, these cards, which by the way, I got for free folks. Um, I'm not getting any money for this podcast as a disclaimer, but I do love what Christoph has done. Who owns these cards then when they put, you put them in the middle of the room, does everyone, how do you see it working? Does the facilitator pick them up and then read them to, to the group or do you form into groups? How do you see it operating? You, you know, the nicest thing is that I had some ideas what the cards are and they are 38 cards. I call them inspiration cards and nice. you just put them on the table. And, um, I learned that everyone who's using the card, using them in different ways. And I can tell you okay. three stories uh, in, in a few seconds about it. How I'm using them, I'm using them often in um, either at the beginning of a strategy or workshop, okay. like where people come in, they already have their idea and just want to drop their idea and let's do the workshop with it. And I do a detour with them, which I call Serendipity Lab, asking ah. them bring your headphones and would be nice if you already have a Spotify on your, and you don't need a, a paid Spotify, just Spotify on your, on your phone. Your phone. Then I put all the stuff on the table and say, you know, 15 minutes, take your phone, scan a card, look through the cards and notice something, write down something that you notice. That's one. And at the end of the 15 minutes, just pick two, Sometimes also say pick one and then I'll make duos. So okay. these people and what happens, and that's really what, uh, that, that, that's really what I wanted and why I call it serendipity. It's like in the shower. What happens? People take the, this card, they scan that code, mm -hmm. they hear it, but then they go to the other, to another card and read the backside of another card. So 
it mixes completely. So for me, it's not the, the thing that you just understand one card and they, I can tell you there's a logic in it, but that's not interesting that there's the logic. The interesting is what do you see and what you hear? And then people come, come with nice combinations <laughs> that I've never intended, but that, yeah. but that are literally in the cards because of the different, um, of, of the different ways how they go together. So I have got the activity card here. So I've got activity and I've just scanned the code and I get this. I'm probably going to get screwed by iTunes for this. So it's Freddy, Freddy Freeloader by Miles Davis. Yeah, that's literally, so I don't tell. So um, I think I'm, I mention, I think I have a Spotify list of all the songs, but I never mention what the songs are because I think, okay, find out by yourself. Freddie Freeloader is one of the most um, um, famous pieces from Miles Davis from his um, Kind of Blue. But yeah. what you hear is the outtake. Oh, okay. You don't hear it a lot. Like, so it's like from, it starts with talking in the studio, like, hey, Miles, um, your microphone, what's this? Yeah, well, I'm playing. And, and so it's it's not about the song. It's about something that could inspire you to think, oh, okay. Hey, so on the back of that, it says, what action could you do without any planning? Do not fear mistakes. There are none by Miles, Miles Davis. So what what would somebody do with that? Hmm. I can tell you um, every let's say question or every card resonates differently with different people. So one joke, for example, this one is entrainment. And I can tell you, if you're not English, everybody's talking about entertainment, mm. but I don't correct them. If they see entertainment in this card, who am I? But the idea behind is, and you might've noticed that picture. Yeah. It's the, the most famous uh, picture that's in the, um, in the Rijksmuseum. But I noticed that there is a drummer on the right downside. So it's the Rembrandt, the, the Night Watch. So what I also do is like, hey, there already is music, a drummer. So you talk about a big picture, but hang on. Is there music in it? And if you develop, um, let's say, a filter for it, and that's mm. how I collected a lot of uh, pictures. Um, so I thought, hmm, that entrainment, meaning the moment when one rhythm and the other rhythm get into one rhythm. And that's okay, something yeah. that you can use in, um, in your team, like everybody is doing their best, but they're doing it out of sync. So mm. the only thing would be, how can you sync them to make it stronger. Although yeah. both of them, if you analyze them, they would see, okay, but that's really good. Doing exactly this, doing exactly that. And then there's some, let's say, some kind of latency in between. And entrainment helps you. And that's why the question is to what rhythm can you synchronize is on the backside. Okay. So the bit like, the, I'm still not really connecting how, how I would use it in a, in workshop settings, I, I get the fact that the people would interpret it and the, the synchronicities and the connections and stuff. But if you're doing a strategic kind of workshop, how would it, um, how would they make sense out of all of this? So if everyone's going and they're interpreting in lots of different ways, 
how does it work in terms of the steps after this? Now, you know, what I just mentioned in the, um, I just, I described it, I think even in the, oh uh, yeah, there's an how to play in the, in the, in the, the box. In, in the book. Inside. In and, the back, and, yeah. and I'm talking about that um, serendipity lab. So actually it's like, if you do it like you start 15 minutes, everyone just pick a card, one, two, or three that you think is important for this session or for this strategy meeting. Okay, yeah. And like then, and, and there's only one card on the, uh, one unique card on the table. So it's also sometimes a little bit of fight from, oh, no, I wanted that. Oh, no, this is something that I want. So, and then you let them bring it together at, uh, with the two of them and you get rid of two cards. And then I ask uh, to get together as a quartet. So it's solo duo quartet. And so that the four of them try to find out, is there something that we can take or is important, maybe in a positive or in a negative way, that we should, um, th that we should use in this, um, in this strategy um, workshop. And the funny thing is that the sound makes you, in one way it connects with, with a certain card, but in another way, it's also some kind of, let's say, backdrop uh, or, or back, background music for another card. So you get new connections. And the funny thing mm. is that people talk about, oh, I like this. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, my God, what is this? So they're yeah. totally, completely different uh, sounds. I totally get how it could be used as like a, a workshop intro. So if you're trying to get to know or uh, unlock some sort of part parts of the brain, um, like here's one here is what is good but should be changed that can become a a stimulus for anything really in terms of conversational starters so you could go into into pairs and use pick a card each and then they stimulate conversations off the back of that but the bit that i'm kind of want to know a little bit more around uh, christoph is at the bottom here you've got jamming empathy personality score agility and remix and there's certain ones that are black and certain ones that are white yep so tell us what they mean. Yeah, so they're the link with the dynamic strategies framework of music thinking. And what I thought, and, and that's, yeah, that, that's on the card, is when they're black, there's a link with, in, I have entrainment here in my hand, that links with jamming, empathy, agility, and remix, and less with personality and score. So if you would say, okay, you would, not take the card as a starting point, but the framework and would say, let's do something more on jamming or on personality. Okay. You could sort the cards, all the personality cards and see Perfect. how they yeah. go together. So that's an extra play. So using the design thinking kind of process, it's, there's obviously empathy, empathy, empathy. That, that there's that word folks. Empathy is in there. Okay. Um, so, you can use them at certain stages, depending on where you're at in the design process. So it could be remix if you're fixing an existing service and you select all the remix cards and they become stimuluses, stimuli, I think is the proper um, word, um, for conversation starters about unlocking pieces at that point. Is there a way to self-identify where you're at? Because sometimes people don't really know where they're at in the stages. Any advice you have uh, for people on that one? 
Um, you know, from the framework, I don't give an answer to. Oh, 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 I love I, this. Let's put it. Well, let's put it the other way around. <laughs> on one way, I give an answer, but on the other way, I don't. Meaning, yeah. um, if you see the framework how it is, it's very clear that Remix is underperform. But if yeah. you see in the framework that this is very dynamic, and that when everything is happening at the same time then it's yeah. everything is crunched and turned around and then it feels more like jazz and less like mm -hmm. classical music meaning it feels more like everything happens on the same time we have to improvise we have to do and we are on stage and we are performing versus yeah. okay let's first think about it how does it sound i'm the composer now let's see how we bring it to life in in what venue and, uh, and in what way and so the dynamics, but that's maybe something when we talk about the book, that's much more when, when this really comes, comes out to really find your, yeah, your dynamic where you're in at the moment. Nice. But at the very end, just to give an answer, you, can find, you, you really can say where you are. And we want to work more on agility or more on score, but it's not as obvious as, let's say, another framework. And I would yeah. say that's on one side. The downside because it's not easy to mm. use in the beginning but on the other hand an easy framework never works when you put it to practice yeah, absolutely yeah. and that's yeah. where i tried if you use the framework i think you will see oh it's getting complicated but it's it's complicated oh yeah i see it so it's easier to to to, to use them in that way that's my yeah i, I think to get started with it i can see how it can be woven into the certain stages of the design process as opposed to it becoming an underpinning framework if that makes sense i noticed the at the back of the the, the cards you've got all of these pieces these are like are they for the top cards for each section of cards that sit underneath it no what you also could do you could start with the cues jamming. yeah rather be jamming with christoph yeah so, Jamin, so, the cue is all about creativity, ideas, and information, listening and collecting data from all kinds of sources. So they're they're the cues, they're the main center points. So you can actually you can put the framework that I just mentioned, you can put everything on the table or on the floor, and you can build the framework for yourself, starting with jam with jamming, then going to empathy, personality, or hang on, no, no, no. Let's start first with personality and then do the jamming. Oh, so you okay. can do it yeah. in the way so maybe, like you do, and then maybe find cards that go together. And it will never work perfectly, meaning you have you need a discussion. And again, it's not about solving a puzzle. Yeah. It's about understanding as an analogy where you're in at the moment, giving you a language and also a visual language to nice. share with someone else. I like that. I really like that because, say, next week I've got a, a bunch of workshops um, in mainland Europe and stuff, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try some of these. And for the intro of this episode, which might be a little bit meta for people who are listening and watching at the same time, I recorded the podcast first and did the intro second. Um, but I'll use some of this and weave my findings into the intro. Um, because cool. I see I see a lot of value in some of these things. And, you know, when you get paid to do workshops for people and uh, people nearly want you to do some stuff that's a little bit um, left field, I find anyway. They, they want to watch you do something. So I'll probably fail, but <laughs> by the second time, I'll probably fail a little bit less. Um, 
it's really, really cool. I love the fact that there's a Spotify link uh, on the cards as well. So like it just creates a little bit of a two-dimensional kind of experience, which I have not seen before. There's a lot of cards out there, yep. a lot of card decks, but this is a little bit different. I think it even was the first product that these Spotify codes, and you have to open Spotify directly and don't use from your QR, QR. codes. It it's directly QR. into Spotify. And yeah. I had to ask headquarters there if um, um, it is allowed in that way, because I did a little tweak and I got uh -huh. it, but that's five years ago. I'm, they might do it wow. now. But this was for me in the very beginning, the most important thing also to get rid of all the lo logistics. Otherwise I would have buy some, some rights to use the music. So people are using already what they have, a telephone, mm -hmm. yeah. their Spotify account. And they, and I just like a catalyst, uh, catalyst, I help them to do something with them in a way that they haven't done before. And that's yeah. also something that people say, oh, I didn't know. You met them where they're at, pretty much. That's what we say in, in design. I have to say, I love these. I've played them before many, many times. I cannot remember the name of the, the instrument. If Again, if you're listening to this episode in your headphones, folks, there is a link for you to go and watch this episode on YouTube because it's a very visual episode. But what is that called? I don't know. I think it's like a, isn't it? Uh, yeah. My friend like a, had one many years ago in the studio um, and it's something from... It's like a drum sound. machine, you know? It's like, but a very, very simple one. And I used it in concerts. So all of the, the pictures are for me. There's a few... Um, where, I, where I had to clear the rights. But this is one that I used together with Didgeridoo. And, uh, and this thing is a, let's say, a drum machine that kids would use. So every, every picture also has a story. And some of them I also share on the musicthinking.com website. So some of them, like this one, this is from a concert. Oh, very where, good. Yeah, I saw that one there. Yeah, that's really where, nice. Where I'm swimming with a Supreme saxophone during a concert. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. You with hair. But, but but that's why I don't write everything about it because I I don't want to make it about me. Or this one, I was in Riga on the street and minutes ago I heard the sound of that tuba. And when I saw that guy, I, I really thought about what action could you do without any planning. So when you know an instrument or... So what can you do to just do something or... Um, and every, yeah, everyone has a totally story. So yeah, but ma maybe the last of... one, maybe just as a trick also for you or as a treat for your audience, for the listeners, the tools card. That's the uh -huh. special card um, because it's also in a different type. So I, I, you can compare it with the trust card, for example. You see, for all peoples that like uh, types, the trust card is the Helvetica, and the tools card is the only card that has a different font. Why? Why? Because what I was looking for in music thinking, and that's also a red line through the podcast and the book, is that I'm looking for people that are doing something special and are musicians in some way. Hmm. And there's a musician, and the answer is on the backside. It's Hans Reichel. He's also a luthier. And he was also, um, uh, um, how do you call it, um, uh, a font maker. Ah. And he developed an instrument called the, yeah. the duxophone. 
Right. And if you scan it now, <laughs> or oh, hang on, I put it there for everyone. So if yeah. someone would scan it now from the video, you would hear how a dexaphone sounds. Ah, very nice. And the letter, and you can buy it online, is called the Dax, D-A-X. So everything comes ah. together on this card, but the the picture, <laughs> the picture is uh, I made when we did a concert in 1990 in Russia, in Krasnodar. And this was a fleet market. And I walked on the fleet market and I saw this, this, yeah, how do you call it? Booth or this stand or? Yeah. And I saw all these tools. Yeah. And then I thought, hang on. Hey, hang on. What's this? On the top left corner, there's a pile of records. Yeah. And that was really, I think it was, um, no, no, it was not the 1990s. It was 2010. Sorry. I was um, okay, yeah. the second time. And then I thought about it. Hang on. Music can also be used as a tool, but without the music itself. So it's, I'm not playing music so to make you better, mm -hmm. but I take something that's in the music to, to use as an analogy and to work for business. So that, that picture actually was okay, more or less the beginning of, and, um, and that's why it's in the card and it's the tools and the tools are connected with Hans Reichel. And if you scan the code, then you hear a real dexaphone that's, um, amazing nice. instrument so it's only it's it's not digital in any way it's like um it's like a piece of wood mm. played with a bow and there's right. something that you can move over it that's the decks and that changed the sound <laughs> so it's really nice. yeah awesome so maybe that's the the nicest or that's, that's like the easter egg it's like an easter egg within the deck yeah everything has a story yeah, and maybe really maybe nice last thing. one that, that I can share with you. I had um, a few weeks ago, um, I had a call with a woman, and she she's um, and I hope I can do a, a, a podcast with her because she wanted to talk with me and also about the gem cards. Yeah. Said, okay. Interesting. How do you use it in workshops? By the way, what's your what are you doing? So yeah, I'm teaching English. Okay, you're teaching English. Um, yes, to but conversation. I'm do, um, so so not learning English how to write, oh. but how to, how people talk with each other. And she said, you know what? What's my material? The only material that I use are the jam cards. Say, wait, oh. hang on, wow, wow. And then she told me how she's doing this, and I hope I can do a, a podcast with her. So I was yeah. so pleased. Um, because that was my really my initial idea that people use it in a way that I never could have thought about it. And that was yeah. the best example, like, okay, teaching English conversation with the jam cards. Thank you. I, I see that straight away. Like, you know, there's, when you're bringing people together, when, when I'm designing workshops for business and stuff, I want to understand, do the people know each other in the room? If they do know each other in the room, that's not to say you don't do certain exercises, Sometimes you want to build on it. Like the Playmobil Pro stuff that I use in workshops, you'd be surprised how often they unlock conversational starters with people when they design themselves or they they use it in different ways. So again, it's a tool. It's going to continue to you know surprise you, I imagine, over the, the next couple of years. 
Um, a friend of mine came with the idea, but it was really cool. We worked in the, at the Dutch Railway, and we had different groups, and we had onboarding and offboarding uh, events. And this right. was really like people, okay, for the onboarding, it was like... Um, explaining every person just take a card and explain yeah. what it, what it means for you and in the offboarding everybody instead of the the boss holding a long speech it was like everybody took a card and say thank you jerry you know i loved that we always talked about tools or so so this was like a trigger and uh, i do it sometimes in the workshop at the beginning just to, just to take a card and then I ask them, who are you and what do you do for a living? And by the way, make a connection with that card. But I nice. just tell them later. And then they come up with something very surprising. So it's like, and even people that don't like this, they think, I don't know why I took this card, but when, now I, but when I see this, oh, this reminds me to that. And that's something like, so people yeah. right from the beginning, it's it's just a, just a tool. Well... It might just be a tool, but I think some people are starting to adopt it from what I can hear from you there. Um, are these cards available to buy easily enough on the internet or is it, they are, you're nodding your head. Do you want to give yes. a shout out where you can get them? That's the nice thing why I work together with Biz Publishers. Yeah, they are do, They're selling them worldwide or they have a distribution ah. worldwide. So it's an ISBN number. If you just, I think if you're in Europe, you get it the next day and uh -huh. and also in the us I'm, I'm i get mails from uh, from all over the the world funny enough that people say oh i have your cards and i use them in this way or in that way it's really awesome. funny so just go to your uh, local bookstore and yes amazon has it too oh, okay so i'll put a link to them on bis and they might have a kind of product finder or something where you can order them from your local bookstore if you possibly can, folks. Um, listen, Christoph, it's always good um, to chat with you. On that note, I did a quick Google lens on that instrument, and it's a Casio Rapman from the 1980s. That was the, that was the instrument that was in that card. But um, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for people to do that? LinkedIn would work best. And there's one LinkedIn. thing I would like to say. Don't just follow or how, how does it called link or connect, connect. just yeah. just drop me one yeah. sentence you heard the se uh, the, the session or so yeah. i love context and uh, don't just connect just make it a little bit more than a connection yeah i know it's always good to be a little bit more human listen christoph i know um christoph has got COVID at the moment folks and he's powered on through to do this podcast so huge thank you for getting out of your bed to do it but i know that we would have cancelled and done done it another time but thank you for your time your energy your vulnerability of coming on and just having a conversation about this stuff it's been really good to learn about it um i'm looking forward to using them thank you jerry and i love to hear all the good things and the bad things that might be <laughs> the client didn't pay they said i was crazy <laughs> oh, oh no <laughs> absolutely no worries listen thanks so much christoph thank you bye